Crosstalk with your hosts, Martha Lee and Anna May, a podcast dedicated to encouraging and pointing people to Christ, to provoke you to find your calling in the Lord, brought to you by Cornerstone Ministries New Life Church. So join us on a journey to reaching the world for Christ, starting in our own backyard. Hello and welcome to our podcast. Our topic this month is how we got here. We're taking you on a journey from our beginnings to today, how everyday people sold into the body of Christ, resulting in the churches that we see now coast to coast. And Martha Lee and myself have the pleasure to interview Angus Keith. And we want to thank you, Angus, for taking your time out and coming to do this for us and support us. We really appreciate it. So our first question to you, Angus, is uh, what year and where did you get saved? Well... First of all, I want to thank you for asking me to do this. Uh, it's a joy to speak about the things of God. Now, to answer your question, I got saved in Dallas, Texas, <clears throat> at a motel we were staying in. We were just about ready to leave Dallas, going into Phoenix, because Kathy was having a baby, our first one, which is Angus. I met up with Bobby Watson and Nancy, and Bobby explained to me, he said, tonight when you go to bed, because he said, I know you say your prayers every night. He said, all you have to do to be saved is to accept Jesus into your heart. And I said to him, are you sure about that? It's pretty easy to do. He said, that's how hard it is. So that night, Went to my bed before I went to bed. I accepted Christ as my Savior. That was in 1977. And I believe it was in December or the last part of uh, around December 3rd or something like that. 1977 at 10 o'clock. And uh, when I accepted him that night, I felt a release of love and a glow on my body. And the next morning, I really felt I had an encounter with Christ. Amen. I mean, that's hard to follow up on. (laughs) So basically, the next question I was going to ask you was what brought you to the decision of accepting Jesus as your Savior? And you kind of explained that was Bobby or? Well, Bobby introduced me to the way, but what brought me to Christ was a need. I had a problem in my life that I just couldn't shake. And I know if I went to him in prayer, even before I was saved, I know that he could take care of that problem, and he did. Most people come to the Lord, they have a problem that they can't solve on their own. And out of desperation, they come to the Lord. They humble themselves. Amen. And that's what I did. Amen. Very simple. Jesus. Yeah. Plain bread. It gets no better. That is it. 
So we're going to ask you this question. We know that you was in on the original move, if you will, that we all experienced. And it was a wonderful time in the Lord. Uh, Nancy was talking about Houston and actually Dallas, she brought up that you're talking about. And, and uh, she talked about she got saved in Albuquerque and we found out some things we didn't even know in her life. I felt completely different. And so I would like you to, if you can, uh, uh, explain to us uh, growing up and everything. Do you remember uh, anyone going to church or being religious or, you know, what was the atmosphere like then? Well, prior to Dallas, that's what you're talking about. Yes. Prior to my salvation, naturally, I wasn't saved. But I can go all the way back till I was about five or six years old. And I remember going to church, going to the Presbyterian church. I remember going to church on Easter went Easter egg hunting, but I really didn't understand about church or the reason for it. We just went. And then uh, on Sundays, sometimes we would say grace before we had our meal. Not too often, but in odd times we did. And then... Uh, Well, go on to say that this older generation, me and my mother and father will say, they had a knowledge of God. They had a knowledge of God. But what they lacked was the word of God. They had a knowledge. They had a fear of God. And they had a respect of God but they just didn't know the scriptures or the word of God. They didn't have a knowledge of God. And what that did, that hindered them from growing in the Lord. But my mother and father had a lifestyle. So when I was small, my father used to say to me, when something good happened, he would say to me, son, that's just a good Lord blessing you. So he gave glory to the Lord. He had an understanding and a respect for God. And my mother taught me the Lord's Prayer when I was real young. And every night she would tell me to say my prayers and to quote the Lord's Prayer. So that little bit of scripture that she gave me went a long way. Amen. Of bringing me to Christ. Because I would remember that even when I was older. Yes. And uh, also, I never did hear my mother or my father ever curse. Now, it sounds like I'm bragging, but I never heard my mother, I never heard my father swear. They lived a clean life before me. Was a strong family structure. My father treated my mother well and lived a godly life, a clean life. So in essence, living that lifestyle before me, and I was observing that, I was being taught the word of God by their lifestyle. What they lacked in the knowledge 
of God, like we know more knowledge, by their lifestyle that spoke to me volumes. I didn't know it at the time, but now I'm older in the Lord. I could see it was great knowledge that God was using. They taught us that way. And they taught us not to swear and to watch your mouth when you say something. And that's what God was showing me to my mother and father. But I think they would have received if they had had the opportunity to hear it. They just never had the opportunity because what helped us grow in the Lord at that time, there was the Jesus movement back in the 70s. And that anointing was going across the United States and it happened to get on us. You know, Angus, when you're saying that, there's a lot of the older travelers. They read read the Bible or knew their their uh, their prayers, like you said, and taught us. And they knew the Lord. But like you said, they might not have been super knowledgeable in the things of God, but they knew God. You know, and they were the seed. Some plants, some water, God gives the increase. So just their lifestyle, living the word of God. They may not have knew it, quoting it wise, but living that, knowing it is a, the biggest witness you can give anybody. The biggest thing that can bring people to Christ is love and witnessing like that. And so you kind of covered the next couple questions I had for you, which is good, Angus. But I'd like to touch on one thing. You said the Jesus movement, and that was the fourth question I was going to ask you, and then we'll come back down. Uh, well, getting, getting back to that one question. Yes. After I got saved, after I got saved and knew Christ, the first thing I did was tell my mother and father. My father wasn't alive at the time, but my mother was. And I told my brother Alexander, his family, Christina, and all the, all the family, and Mary Jane and Big Peter. So I shared Christ with them. And in doing so, that brought them to the Lord. And then I shared also the Spirit of God, the infilling of the Spirit. And it was just so exciting sharing Christ. And it still is to this day. It is a very, Lord. very exciting time. Very exciting time. Go ahead, Adam. I'm sorry. No, no. I, it's beautiful, Angus. I love, absolutely love what you're telling me because it's an, everybody that's talking has given us their experience. And although we all live through the same era, uh, I was younger, a kid, everyone different, but we all experienced it different. Yes. And that's the point of this, that not everybody experiences Christ in the same way, but we still experience Christ, mm -hmm. and he saves us and sets us up. Uh, I wanted to ask um, the older generation, because we're talking about your parents here, and you said they had a knowledge of God, a fear, a respect. Uh, for God, some of the older ones were that way. Not all of them, but a lot of them. Do you feel they were harder to win to the Lord because they kind of felt like they knew better, or do you think they just needed that little extra? What do you think? I think they all had a choice. Yeah, like everybody. They all had a choice. Yes. I just happened to be blessed with uh, a mother and father that just walked it. Yes. They maybe 
didn't understand totally what they just wanted. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not bragging about what they did. I'm just telling you it's a reality. That's that's what they did. Come as a baby. That's, like the Bible says. That's right. Okay, well then, you covered well, people that you, you, you witnessed to. You, you did mention about the revival. Yes. And I wrote that down. The California revival. The Nevada revival. The Arizona revival. And also uh, the spiral yes. revival. Mm -hmm. And each revival really had a different theme. Mm -hmm. in a different type of move. Basically, I seen people in Las Vegas. I remember before we, uh, for the people would come. Do you want to hear this part? Yes. Okay. Before people would come, I'd go behind the curtain. There was a curtain there. We all got down and we prayed. We prayed and we prayed. We asked God to move. You see, it was Christianity in the raw. Absolutely. There was, there was no, there was no big guys. The only big guy was Christ. Amen. We really didn't know what we was doing, which was good. We just did it with courage, sharing Christ, and God was drawn by that. You could see he was drawn by that because the love was there. It was people that didn't speak, spoke. People hugged each other. Tears would run down their face. It was pure worship towards God and humility. And that drawed God's spirit. That enabled God to work through us. As I said, it wasn't religious. It was just Christianity and the raw. Let's worship God. And the worship service maybe wasn't the greatest, but I'll tell you what it was. God showed up and it made it tremendous. Amen. Amen. I see people get touched. I won't name names. I've seen one man fall under the power of God and it looked like he fell that hard. He may have hurt himself. No one got hurt. Nobody pushed anybody down. No one tried to help God. God was doing a sovereign act of love for our people. Amen. That took place. That happened at all the revivals. And I won't name names, but there were some of us, I'll include myself, some of us, we'd walk over and we'd pray for people. They would accept Christ and they were getting filled with the Spirit, with the evidence, speaking in tongues. That took place. And it was so easy. It wasn't hard because we weren't doing it. God was doing it. God was doing it. Amen. We just walked over Amen. and said, are you saved? Yes, I'm saved. Would you like to be filled with the Spirit? Sure, I'd like that. Want to do it now? Yeah. And that's how easy it was. Very easy. Because we never had any religious garbage messing it up. It was just, I want Jesus. Is that God? I want it. Yeah. God showed up. Very simple. Um, 
just it's thinking cool. back on it's it. Cool. It is. It's and a it, common thread. It was such a common thread, and it was such a privileged time that we were allowed to be a part of. Do you know what I mean? Just friends. That's all. Just friends getting together, worshiping God. Nobody's better than anybody else. That's it. I don't care what your last name is. It better have Jesus afterwards. That's That's right. right. That's all it was about. Amen. You didn't have to be embarrassed. If you made a wee blunder, nobody was going to make a bam on you. It was just pure love. But it all started... In Houston, at that wee church, I never got a chance to go there, but all started there in Houston. It was a great move of God there. Amen. And that that anointing lit all of our people up to give them opportunity to get saved. Amen. And we're still living under that wave of glory right now. Well, I'm I'm not going to lie. When you were talking, you transported me back. To that day, and that I started to think about them revivals that I, the ones I went, to, I didn't make to Vegas. My people did; they drove up. But Spiral and L.A. and all around Houston was. Uh, when I think back about Houston, I think that's when I got saved too. I think about Billy Stanley. I don't know if Billy's even alive today. That's See you in the rapture. See, he, and he was saying he was like the one man band. He had to do everything. You know what I mean? He was leading all our people. He was he was the one God was using. And uh, I don't know. Billy's rewards is great. He did a you know he just followed the Lord and like you said that's just he had it and he wanted everyone to have it and that's how everybody was at that time. We just want everybody to get this. You know and uh, it was. I see. I see traveler men telling other ones about Christ that you wouldn't think would ever do it. I just stood there in awe and watched it because I knew it was a sovereign act of God. Even as young as I was, I knew it was a sovereign act. You could see it. I just stood back and and enjoyed watching it. You know, I didn't want to touch it. I didn't want to hurt anything. You know, you didn't want to touch the dove. The dove was there. He didn't want it to, to leave. Because sometimes a worship service can be going beautiful and a word will be said in the wrong way and you can feel it lift. And you don't want that. You want the Spirit of God to be there. That's what you want. That's what we want. Sorry. That's what we want. That's what we pray for all our churches. And yes. I just, you said something that struck a chord with me, Angus. And before we go... I'm going to ask you question number seven before we go there. Uh, you said there was no big man. And that's what this podcast, our vision is for it. There's no big man. I want to show everybody some plants, some waters. It's God who gives yeah, the increase. Yeah. There's so many everyday people for decades that sold into the our body sure. that's created the buildings, if you will. The church is not a building. And ministers has popped up. All these things from just believers not knowing what they're doing, but just believing and moving ahead with God. And uh, that I'd struck a chord with me. I'd rather have it sloppy and anointed as have it good and he doesn't show up. Amen. Amen. I'd rather have a, someone sing a dabby song. <laughs> That's right. Anointed, yeah. Tears of blinding. That's it. If someone go up there all, all like an expert and it sounds so good. But there's no love there. It just drops to the ground. Show it off. Yep. Amen. Uh, So now. You were asking me also. Oh, yeah. 
I don't want to get ahead. No, no, go ahead, Angus. I skip around, so keep you me. You were asking me after after the revivals took place. Yes. After. There's a time there where we all kind of went into the wilderness. Mm-hmm. I mean, never really didn't go backwards, but turned kind of dry mm-hmm. because of lack of fellowship. And do you want me to talk about that? Yes, I want you to talk about whatever God lays in your heart. Anyways, I was in L.A. and I felt there was a dryness among our people. Not that anybody wasn't talking to each other. There was just a dry period. And the way you get wet, you need to get watered by the Lord. So this sounds like I'm going to use the word I. But it isn't me. I'm not looking for anybody to say, oh, is that Barry? That's the last thing I want. If you humble yourself, he'll exalt you. Amen. If you exalt yourself, he will humble you. And I don't take God's glory. So I was just praying. And I said to myself, there isn't no church right now. There's nothing going on. I said, I'm going to knock on people's doors. So I went to travelers' doors, and I knocked on their doors personally, and I invited them to my house to read the word in prayer. So I got a pretty good response. So this was adults this time. They'd come to my house, and we would pray for anybody who wasn't feeling well, and we'd read the scriptures, and I'd put a chair in the middle, and we'd all pray hands on it. That answered our question, and because we asked Kathy, I remember the prayer chair, and I didn't know where it come from. Yeah, we, that's right. I said, because the Lord showed me it's a body ministry. There's no big shots. Everybody is a part in the ministry. Everybody. What I don't know, you'll know. And we're supposed to work together like an organization and love. Amen. And anyways, it turned out good. I, I, I know there's some people that got healed. I will mention names, but they got healed. Some people really got ministered to and they got touched. And I did that for a while. And then, and then after that, I was praying. And I said, what we need to get together on is prayer. And I made up, there's little cards I made up. Remember, you gave me one, one for another. Amen. If I ever gave you one of the cards, you'll notice my name isn't on it. Right. It wasn't about me. It was about the Lord. And I said, if I could get people to pray, I said, things could happen. And I started praying that God would bring ministers up. I started praying for the youth. I started praying that God would bring up young ministers. Churches would be built. And God's glory could come. I prayed for that, prayed for that for years. And I felt like the Lord saying, the youth needs a touch. And then what it was, I contacted the youth. And me and Kathy, we rented a, a hotel lobby. And we had a whole bunch of them. I don't know, might have been 50 or 60 of them come. And 
I said, Lord, what can I teach on? What would be interesting for, to young people? And I said, young single people, one day will have to get married. So I taught on how to pick a mate. That's good. good topic. How do you pick a righteous man or how do you pick a righteous woman? And I went into the book of Judges. I taught on Samson. And you could have heard a pin drop. I mean, they were fussing. They were, the minute I said that, I got their attention. I learned through prayer, you have to teach the young people something that gets their attention. What you share with an older person is different than what you would share with a younger person. Young people's needs are different than older people's needs. So I shared in that, got a good response. Now, they weren't saved, so I was, I was sharing Christ the best I could with them. And they would litter, actually litter the, the hallways, spit stuff out, make Kathy clean it up. And the manager said, this is terrible. I said, well, these kids don't know the Lord yet. We're trying to clean them up. And then we had a, then we prayed about it. And then we said, well, it said the kids come to our house. What's more concentrated, they won't wander and they'll respect our house. So I had all the kids come to my house. There would have been about 35 or 40 of them come into my house. And then what I did there, the Lord showed me to do, was to pray for them. I put a, I put a chair there. We prayed for them. Uh, some of them didn't know the Lord. They got saved. They accepted Jesus as their Savior. And I said, now, would you like to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? They said, what is that? I said, well, something God gives you, and it helps you pray. Every one of them said, yeah, I want that. God filled them with the Spirit, one after another. One of the weak girls come over and said to me, I just got filled with the Spirit. Could you pray with her? She needs to be filled. I said, you don't need me. You do it. She prayed. Got filled. Praise God. Yeah. See, it's a body ministry. Yeah, Amen. And yeah. the kids need to know they don't have to run to minister. Ministry's job is to show them how to and then take it to the streets. Yeah. Yeah. So Amen. It was a wonderful experience. I really enjoyed ministry to the young people. Um, you just have to talk about something that they want to hear and get them involved. In other words, if it's just someone up there just speaking, you've got to get right into them. Get them read your Bible. I had a wee circle. That's what I would do. I'd put them in a circle and I'd take questions back and forth and I'd have them pray. Some of the kids don't know how to pray and they had an opportunity to pray and to share. And then I, when they come back again, I would say, any of you had any prayers answered? And they would tell me, yes, I had a prayer answered. So and so answered that prayer. This was this answered. So you got to get them going. Amen. Amen. And God can do it. 
Well, that kind of covered question number seven, because I was going to ask you about opening your home to prayer and the meetings and your influence to do that. So you really basically got that one all together. But something I'd like to add to it, Angus, is uh, because you brought up the prayer. How important do you think prayer is in a Christian's life? Well, huh? I know I'm dropping that one on you like a bomb, but... No, you're going to drop that. Yeah. You're going to drop that. Well, how else will you learn about God if you don't talk to him? When I was younger, I would say to the Lord, I love you, Lord. But I, I really didn't know him. So how could I say I loved him? I just do it in faith. But there comes a time when you have to take time and dedicate it to the Lord and take intimate time, quiet time, and just you and him pray. And God will move on your heart. You'll feel the love of God. Then you'll be really, really honest when someone asks you, do you love the Lord? Yes, I love the Lord. Because you spent time with them. Yes. It's like a friend. I have friends that I love to spend time with. Because I have a lot in common with them. You don't know a friend unless you get to know a friend. That's right. He's our friend, Jesus. You read about Abraham. He was a friend of God reason he was a friend of God because he spent time with God. Prayer gets you into that atmosphere where it's you and him, one-on-one. On, one on one. You get an opportunity to talk with him and then you get quiet. He'll speak back. He'll talk to you through very different type of avenues. You'll know him You'll know that witness. And when you're out in the field and you're about ready to share Christ, you'll know when to speak and when not to speak because you spent time with him. There's lots of people out there we pass on the street. It needs to hear. But if you haven't spent your time with God, you won't be able to hear him speaking. You'll be a mute. Recently, right now, had a chance to share Christ with a Russian Orthodox priest. And we had a lot in common, but there's a few wee things that I shared with him. And it was the joy of the Lord to do that. That was just the other day. But prayer is very important. Amen. Prayer is very important. That's our contact with Christ. Well, that's why I wanted to ask you that, because you're my go-to guy for prayer. You and Kathy, I torture all the time. And uh, I've seen so many times, I remember Cousin Jeannie going in for surgery and different people, and I'm not trying to pat you on the back. We know that it's God, but God has to have people that will step forward and do it, and servants that have the faith to do it. And I've, many times I've seen you pray with people in situations totally get turned around, and I believe that's a ministry that God truly anointed you and Kathy with, and we're very thankful for it amongst the body. Amen.
So I'm going to ask you this, which would be my question eight. Uh, your wife, Kathy, she's always supported you in your ministry. So how important do you think it is for a wife to support her husband in the ministry? Or if a wife is in the ministry and a husband isn't, I never thought about that aspect of it, but it could be either or, you know, maybe the wife's in a music ministry or something and the husband's not in ministry per se, but you know what I mean? How important do you think it is for a spouse, we'll say, to back their husband or wife in the ministry? Well, I've noticed the women are very sensitive to the spirit. And if you go to intercessory, it's mostly women, sadly to say. Amen. Men should be there. It's very important because men are the high priests of their household. That's right. They should be there. The burden of prayer should not be on the women alone. It isn't right. It isn't of God. Now, to your question, how important do you think it is for a wife to support her husband? Well, let me read you Deuteronomy 32, 30. One can chase a thousand, but two can chase 10,000. So when me and Kathy comes together in prayer or in unity, I'm 10 times stronger in my prayer. That was beautiful. That was a very Ten good times example. Stronger. Very good. 10 times stronger. In Amos 3, chapter 3, verse 3. How can two walk together unless they agree? Amen. When we got married, we agreed. When we got saved, we agreed. When we pray together, I always like to come in agreement with Kathy because I know my, my prayer is stronger. And if you're having strife, I'm talking to men now and women. If there's strife in your house, it's going to hinder your prayer to the Lord. Amen. Please, body of Christ, that's happening. Go to each other. Come to each other in love. And if it's your fault, forgive. If it's your fault, forgive. Your, your prayers are being hindered if you don't. Amen. Amen. It's being hindered. So it's very important to be in harmony, to be in agreement. If you're not in harmony, you're not in agreement, it creates a great burden on your life and it creates a burden on your family. Because when there's things and attacks of the enemy, our life itself, you're standing there with no weapon. And prayer is our weapon. Amen. Amen. And love generates faith Amen. and makes it happen. Now, also, my wife also backs me up. She'll see things that I don't see. She's sensitive and sees things I don't see. So she backs me up in that area. I'll be honestly to say, if it wasn't for Kathy, I'd probably be dead. Spiritually and physically. I wouldn't be around here. And Angus would have been gone. She's a keeper. <laughs> so Proverbs 18, 22. 
he finds a wife, finds a good thing, and obtains favor from the Lord. Amen. So, God must love me to give me Kathy. Praise God. Praise Amen. God. I'm sure Pastor Charlie agrees with you too Thank on you. that one. <laughs> that was just, that was I had to throw that in there when he hears this. That was good. He'll let everyone know how much he appreciates me. And, I appreciate you. Uh, we love these two Angus. And uh, that's the whole thing about it. We're all like family in Christ. So getting to our next question, what is your vision for our people today, and what do you think the future could hold for us? Well, I think there's great opportunity for our people. But I also believe our people needs to do what I did. And I'm, when, I'm, I'm, when I'm saying this right now, I'm pointing my own finger at my own self. I'm not telling anybody to do it. I'm just telling you what I did. But I think it would be a good idea for it to happen. I'll say that in a loving way. Uh, when I first got saved, I needed to know that I was saved. I couldn't go any farther than that. I needed to understand that I'm saved. That God loved me. That God wasn't mad at me. That God was approachable. He wasn't an angry man in heaven looking to take me out. I had to understand that to get the revelation. If you can't approach somebody, you won't spend time with them because you feel unworthy. Are there too mean and nasty? So I had to put that to rest. That was the first thing I had to do. I had to recognize that God loved me. And I had to understand what happened on the cross. I had to get the revelation. I believe a lot of our people and I'm talking about myself. I'm not saying this to me. A lot of our people, when they go down to the altar, they really don't know what happened to them. I had to learn myself, read, to get taught that I was born again. My spirit inside me was recreated. I was born again. I'm in the family of God. I also had to understand that my body was the same and my mind was the same. I had to understand my mind had to be renewed with the Word of God. My body is flesh, it only has cravings, and I had to understand that had to be crucified. I had to get knowledge and I had to be taught. And when I commit to that, Revelation, then I was able to go forward and learn more. Because you have to be balanced. You have to be balanced. You have to know that God loves you. You have to know that He really loves you. And you have to know that you are saved and He's approaching. I think 
in that area of growth. I think our people are deep in area of growth in that revelation. I believe we've had tremendous evangelists. Tremendous. Tremendous. The worship and the drawing of evangelists is tremendous. I think and I pray that God will raise up teachers to bring out simple bread to our people. After you're saved, you need to be taught. And I believe God's going to bring wonderful teachers. It's going to come forth in a mighty way. And that same there are teachers out there now. If God's going to give more revelation, more teaching skills. Mm-hmm. Because Hebrews 5.14 and Hebrews 6.1 But solid food belongs to those who are of full age. There comes a time when you're saved and you know it comes a time when you need solid food. You can't be on pamphlet no more. You can't be on milk anymore. Okay? This is those by reason of use have their senses exercised. Your senses as you're walking with the Lord you're sensitive to the Spirit to discern both between evil and good. You'll say I'm not going to walk that way. That's wrong. I'm going to walk this way. Because you know, for every for everyone who partakes only in milk is unskilled. So I believe the Lord's telling us, if you live on milk, you're going to be unskilled. You won't know how to react to life's problems or the enemy. You won't have to always run down to the altar. Sorry. You'll be the altar worker. You won't always have to run to the pastor. You'll be back and he's back and loving on him That's and praying right. for him. That's good. That's right. And it also said unskilled in the word of God of righteousness. For he who is like this, the Bible calls them a babe, a baby in Christ. Now there's a time when you are a baby, but God expects you to grow. That's right. And it also says Hebrews 6 1, therefore, leaving the discussion of elementary. God calls it elementary. Elementary principles of Christ. Let us go on to perfection. Not laying again the foundation of repentance. Not repenting all the time. You have to understand that you're saved. You repented. You're saved. You're born again. It isn't like a vaccination. It didn't take. It took. And you get that revelation from God's word. Not by feelings. Not by goosebumps. But by God's word. And it isn't that you're saved one day and the next day you're not. You're saved because of what Christ did on the cross. Amen. For the for dead works and of faith toward God of the doctrines of the baptisms. He's talking about the doctrines of baptisms, being baptized in Christ, being baptized in the water, being baptized baptized in fire, and the laid on of hands, and the resurrection of the dead. 
and eternal life. These are things we already need to know to go on to maturity. And some of us don't know that. I didn't know it. I had to learn. Well, uh, when you said repentance, something come to my spirit, because I have seen people that repent over the same thing over, over, over. And I feel true repentance is when you truly come to God and say, I have a problem. And you truly ask him to help you. And he does. And then you don't have to come back and repent for it no more. Now, you might not be perfect, but you're going to begin that overcoming process. And when people don't truly repent, they just, I don't want to blah, 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 and pray, like, forgive me or whatever, then that's why they're repenting over and over and over and over for the same thing. You have to go and know that if you truly have a broken, contrite spirit unto the Lord and say, I'm sorry, Lord, help me. I know I'm born again. I know I'm saved. This is the area of my life that I have a problem and help me with it. And sometimes at first, it ain't too easy but help me, Lord, overcome that. And if you keep going and fit, he will give you the power to overcome it. Then expect that we are going to go back to him again for something else because nobody's perfect. That's no, right. not one. When you know you're saved, you have the confidence you're saved, you know at his feet he's there any time to help you. I agree 100%. If the individual knows the knowledge how to do it. Amen. That's, if they're a baby, they won't know the knowledge. If they're a baby with a big beard on their face, they won't know the knowledge. And that was the point, too, that God showed me when you said that. As a lot of people rely on ministers or quotes, uh, now we have things called memes, are they, or that. All these, they quote all of those, like, you know, cleanliness is next to godliness, but they don't have the word of God. That's the knowledge. They don't have that in them, and they... They are relying on other people to give it to them. We got to read the word, know the word ourselves. So when we're by yourself, how many times, Angus, have you been by yourself? You needed 911 prayer. You needed something from God. And the only place you found it was in the word of God. That's it. And the thing of it is, it takes time to do that. It takes time. And that's what, that's the only thing we can give to God is our time. Amen. Because we only have a short time down here. Amen. Life is but a, a vapor, the Bible says. Amen. Well then, coming to our last question. Uh, what would you say to young people wanting to serve God or feeling they're called? Whether they, and I just want to make a distinct, Angus, sometimes when you say wanting to serve God, they think they have to get up on the stage to minister. That's wonderful. I hope they all become ministers, but there's more people serving God off the stage than on the stage. And the only reason I said this, I believe with Nancy was the only reason we have people on a stage or in a building or in leadership is because of everybody else that had been planting and praying and doing their work. It's a body work. So somebody that wants to serve God or feeling they're called, what would you tell them? What would be your advice? Well, I took it in two parts. Okay. There's the single youth. And then there's the young couple. Okay, the single youth, I wrote this. They should get grounded in the word and learn how to walk by the spirit and not the flesh for a single person. And for a younger person, like a young couple, a younger person, if they want to get involved 
into church. Start small, grow into your calling, find out what makes you happy. When you do it, not everyone is called to be in the five-fold ministry. Lots you can do in the church. There's lots you can do. You can move chairs. You can, uh, I can just pray for the ministry. There's so much you can do. God is all gifts and talents for us. You can sing, play guitar, but some of the things that you think is very minute is one of the greatest things. Go clean the bathrooms, keeping the, the, the parking lot clean. All these things are important yes. to the Lord. Absolutely. There was a man called Jairus, and he's in Mark 5, and his weak girl was dying. And Jesus came and healed the girl. He was a ruler of the synagogue. He wasn't a rabbi. He was a ruler. And a ruler maintained the temple. and took care of it, whatever the needs was. So, I mean, that was very important. That was put in the Bible for us to read that. Mm -hmm. We can't all be ministers. That's right. Well, we can all help the ministry. Yes. If your calling is to help, then do it. You'll get rewarded from it and you'll feel right when you do it. Because when you give of yourself to the Lord, there comes forth a joy. Because God said, it's more blessed to give than receive. Amen. There's a joy when you give. That it isn't like what the world does. The world has fun. The body of Christ is joy. It's a big difference. Amen. 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 And what you said, Angus, again, I know I'm a blabber, but it struck a chord with me. Uh, and me and him from my position, ministering and pastor in a church. I've Now I'm so thankful to God. At first I had to do the music, you know. Yeah. Now I have all these people, young groups that's come up under me or, you know, grown up sure. younger than me. I mean, and now I don't have to do it unless they need me to do it. and. We just have somebody in every area that I used to behind the scenes dabble in and God sprung up somebody here, there and everywhere. And that is such a tremendous help. And it gives me and him the time to spend on studying and doing other things that we need to do because it's like they took a weight off our shoulder. And some people think a little thing, like you said, picking water bottles up, cleaning the bathroom. There's we young girls that'll go in sometimes at the holidays. We get busy and tickets is around. And I don't even have to ask them and they'll pick up all the stuff. And I'm like, thank God, because my knees and hips and legs is killing me. <laughs> so God has a way of always putting and supplying what you need when you need it, you know? So, uh, well, you know, this same thing, same thing. The apostles had the same problem. They were feeding the multitude. So they had to pick certain men to wait tables. Put them in charge, yep. To put them in charge. That's right. So we need to get to the word and we need prayer. We don't have time for this. So they picked several people. And it's the one person was was feeding the feeding them and would pray and miracles was happening. And it's in the book of Acts. And then he had a problem. And they stoned him. 
and he looked up to heaven and he seen the Lord. But uh, it's very important to wait at tables. Amen. Amen. That's where we all start doing something. Amen. I just, uh, I, I wrote this down right now when Angus was talking about uh, cleaning and, you know, I wrote down excellence in ministry. If your job is cleaning the church, clean it with everything you've got. If you your jobs bring cases of water, bring some extra cases. Be sure that fridge, go above and beyond what's expected of you. Excellence in ministry, because it's all important. It's all extremely important. Amen. Well, we covered a lot of subjects. And you truly blessed us, Angus, and we appreciate you. Good, it was lovely. Thank you for coming. This is our. What do they call it when you're starting something out? And a new beginning. A new beginning, and and you're supporting us and praying for us. I know even if we wouldn't have had you on the show, you and Kathy would have been praying for us. But we are very thankful that you took time out of your day. Amen, Angus. I was going to call it an experiment. The first ones. Yeah. But you did a wonderful job, Angus. You blessed us tremendously. Thank you, and we hope everybody listening enjoyed, and we hope you'll join us on our next podcast that's going to be released next week. So make sure and have a blessed week, and God bless you. Remember to pray one for another. Amen. Well, that's our podcast for this week. We hope you enjoyed it and that it encouraged you. Please follow us on Spotify and Apple for the weekly podcast. We'll be posting the link each week on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you for listening, and may the Lord bless you and keep you, and may you grow in His Word and Spirit. God bless.